This is the Jocko Underground Podcast, number 27, sitting here with Echo Charles, sometimes known as Echo Charlie. Sure. Hell yeah. (laughs) So the last one of these that we did, we were talking about this this psychological study called the Monster Study, which is really messed up and also kind of shows the kind of influence you can have over another human being, especially a young, malleable human being. But then we were talking to Hicks and Gracie the other day on the Jocko podcast, and um, he was talking about how he how he overcame claustrophobia. He went into the Hicks and Vajito. <laughs> and I I I know I kind of wanted to say something during the podcast. But it would have sidetracked the podcast. Let's face it. Mm. We could have had a 45 minute, maybe yes. one hour discussion about your experiences of claustrophobia. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I figured I made a little note. Next time we get on here, we could talk about your experiences with claustrophobia, which were pretty gnarly. And then you got over it, kind of, I believe. Yeah. Where are you at? What was it like? What did it feel like? You and I used to train. Yeah. And you sometimes would tap out yeah. from not a submission, yeah. but just from claustrophobia. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> I had a guy in one of my platoons, and he would we'd roll, and I'd roll with everybody, so by the time he would show up, because I'd roll with people sequentially, hey, you come at you know, 5.15, you come at 5.30, whatever. Yeah. By the time this guy showed up, I would be sw- you know, sweaty, mm. And he would, he only probably rolled with me three times because after that he just didn't want to do jujitsu anymore. Yeah. But he, I remember him just getting so angry. Yeah. You know, I'm a cross side or I'm mounted or something. And he's yeah. just like, and he's tapping, just like, just get off me. Yeah. Get off. And like walking around the mat angry. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I and do. it was claustrophobia. Yeah. But he expressed it through anger. Yeah. And, and, and frustration, but just really just anger. Yeah. He hated it. Yeah. What What was your feeling like? <laughs> <laughs> well, funny you ask this because I do think about it because it, it, you know, like when you see on the movies or whatever, or you hear about people <laughs> when they have it really bad, like they can't go in an elevator yeah. even, or like in a crowded space or whatever, where it's not, it's not even that, not that at all. Um, it was more the idea that I can't, like, <laughs> the, I can't get out of here like i can't move i can't get out of this tight like space yeah well this is reminding me of admiral mcguire's story about being in the torpedo tube with water in there and a rig and three other guys yeah 21 inch circle by the way yeah i saw a comment somebody read that and said 21 inch circle that's the size of echo charles's arms (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah man that uh so that's a little that's a little tube you're in yeah and so even that yeah i'd feel it with the water and stuff yeah that's crazy mm-hmm. here's the thing that would always help though is if i if i had something else on my mind like if i was doing something like i've had a job to do or whatever then it like, takes it away fully so the times where i felt it i really had to like me- okay so jujitsu right mm-hmm. where it thing was is you really like jujitsu yes you really like jujitsu everything but that so you kind of yeah. had to force yourself to get over that. Yeah. And the, you, it, there was only a handful of people that I felt it with, though. Mm. And you, because your side mount is freaking, is not only heavy, because you put a bunch of extras on your side control. Like, you're, 
heaviness, you know, mm-hmm. like when you walk around at what, 230 or whatever, mm-hmm. you don't feel like 230. Like I've had guys who's 300 pounds that their side control is not that like hard, mm-hmm. you know, just your regular side control, not the kind like you're trying to put elbows or nothing like that, just regular resting side control, <laughs> whatever. Um, it's like heavy. It was less about the physical feeling. It was more about the mental feeling mm-hmm. because if let's say I'm going with like a real a new jujitsu guy and he goes side mount, he's 270 pounds. I know like I, when it's time, I can get out of here. If I make it a point like I'm going to get out, I can get out. So whatever. But with you, it's not like that. So I can be like, I can, my life can depend on it and I probably <laughs> won't get out of here. So, and then not to mention, I'm probably tired or, or we'll say I'm not full energy. Right. Um, little short on breath. Little short on breath, like all that thing. And you put it all together. <laughs> It's like, oh, so if I feel like, hey, I'm working on a very specific technique to get out of side control, it won't affect me. It's weird because I'll be trying to work on that technique. But if it fails a couple of times and I'm just left with the side control, then I'm like, dang, yeah, and then I'll feel it for sure. But it has a lot to do with two. uh, You're kind of over it now, though, aren't you? I'm over it, yeah, for sure. A hundred percent? I haven't probably felt gonna it. put that to the test in yeah. the near future. Just yeah. <laughs> if and here's the thing too. Here's a weird thing. It's also like so. Remember, there was a time where you thought I wasn't over it, or you maybe thought I wasn't. You wanted to quote unquote put it to the test, and then you did this thing. You went side control, and you put your feet up on the wall to make it extra heavy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I feel it physically, but I didn't feel it mentally. Uh, okay. Almost like the so maybe mo- you're cured. I felt like the more you're trying to do it to me and I know you're trying to make me claustrophobic, the less it works. I feel like if you're just like, if you're just like, okay, you got the position and let me just hold it here to set up this or set up that. I'm like, man, there's no escape on this thing because you're dedicated to the side control for the, for the personal purpose of having the side control for a reason. And then I have no choice because you're going to hold it. Mm. You know what it might be though? When you put your feet up on the wall and you're like, yeah, echo, fucking side control, side control, side mount. No, you got determined. Yeah, like it's resist. like a me against you now. So I get to, yeah, it's like I have another job to do. But um, yeah, I don't have it anymore, I don't think. I feel like what you have to, the part that I think is psychological is if you start thinking about it. If yes. you start thinking about the fact that you can't move. Yeah. There's some parable about your, this village and there's a pot in the village and if you can stir the pot through the night without thinking about, and they tell you what you're not allowed to think about, then through the night, it'll turn to gold. Mm. And so they tell whatever the thing is they're not supposed to be, you know, don't think about the waterfall. If you think about the waterfall, it won't turn into gold. Mm-hmm. And so everyone goes out there to stir in the pot and they, they think about the waterfall and they don't get the gold. But then someone shows up and they say, hey, just turn, t- uh, uh, stir this pot all night. Mm. They don't tell them what to not think about. And then right. they just go in there and they start, they're not yeah. paying attention to it. Right. It just anything like, anything's like that, right? Yeah. If you don't notice someone, yeah. if someone says, hey, is that noise bothering you? I wasn't even, <laughs> now I can hear it. Now I couldn't hear it before. Now it's bothering me. Yeah. So you got to learn how to shut that part of your brain off and just, just fixate on other things. Not yeah. get focused on the fact that you can't move your arms. Yeah. Or and that there's a waterfall yeah. somewhere. He, Hickson brought up a good point though, which, I was impressed that he had this mindset so early where he was like, he felt the claustrophobia from the headlock Attack. and he, yeah. And then he goes and like works on it yeah. in this like crazy way at however, 12 years old or something yeah. like that. I'm like, dang, like 12, usually at 12, you're like, I'm never doing that again. That's I'm going to avoid the headlock yeah, next time, you know? Sure. But I, I feel like when you're, when I am more like in shape and 
breathing helps and stuff like that. And then the more you, you know, the more I roll with you, the more, yeah, the, the less claustrophobia I'm going to feel. Right on. I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Let's roll. What do you got for Q&A? Q&A. Got some interesting Q&A. Hey, Jocko and Echo. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I appreciate everything that you guys are doing. Since listening, I went from being a high school dropout to maintaining a 4.0 GPA in all my college classes while working full-time and training at least three days a week in jiu-jitsu. I've dreams to pursue a military... I have dreams to pursue the military once I complete my associate's degree, and I cannot thank you enough for the motivation and mentorship that I've received from the podcast. With all that being said, I feel I'm lacking a strong male figure in my life. I'm a married 21-year-old female. My biological father isn't in the picture. My husband is prior military and struggles deeply with depression. He's very mentally unstable and struggles with wanting to end his life often. I feel like I don't have a strong male figure to lean on, when I need help or advice, I truly want to, I truly want what Dakota Meyer spoke of having with you, someone I know I can call and trust. My question is, how do I find a fatherly figure as an adult? Is this something I should let happen organically through jujitsu or in the future through the military? Do you think this is something that I should just forget and move on from instead? If it's something I should pursue actively, what does that look like tangibly? Thank you for all you all you do. Awesome. Um, so he, here's what I think of mentors, and I I have talked about this before. You've got to kind of build your own mentors in life, mm-hmm. and the chances that you have someone that swoops down to mentor you, the chances of that happening in a in a really overt way. Hi, Jocko, how you doing? I'm, I want to be your mentor. Well, great, you have experience in the things that I've always wanted to do, so you're gonna be a good mentor, and you have a good heart, and you don't have any other side agendas, and you just want to help me. Okay, great, and you and like I said, you also have experienced everything that I want to do, so you can guide me in the right direction, and you understand my perspective of the world. Yeah. So what are the chances of that actually happening? Yeah. They're not great. Yeah. So. And even I, you can see you know, what I've written about, you can see that I've had people that I learned a lot from. Not one of those people ever said to me, hey, let me, let me take you under my wing and show you how to, to tell you what your next move should be. Not, and these are good people. You know, even some of the people we've had on here, I mean, Admiral McGuire, you know, he, I definitely learned a ton from him, mm-hmm. but I, he never said, hey, Jocko, let me give you, you know, the next step forward. Right. He did that indirectly. I could tell by watching what he was talking about. But and even he was on a different path than I was on. Right? He he was on a different path than me. Mm. So I think you have to build your own mentors. Yeah, I, I talk about Delta Charlie in the book Leadership Strategy and Tactics. He was a huge mentor of mine, but he never said to me, "Hey, Jocko, here's how you should do this." I just looked at him and realized that he 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 had some stuff dialed. Mm-hmm. So I'll imitate that stuff that he has dialed. But guess what? He wasn't on the same path as me. Yeah. He's a different person. So I can't just copy what he's doing. I have to take what he's doing. I have to learn from it and I have to make it my own. I learned a lot from books, obviously, about face. That being said, you can't just chase around a bunch of books, you know, a bunch of freaking self-help books, right? Because mm. for a couple of reasons. Number one, the person that's in the self-help book doesn't know what your perspective is, doesn't know what your background is, doesn't what know what your actual goals are, has their own agenda, by the way. Hmm. Same thing with podcasts. There are, absolutely, there's a ton of podcasts that you can get great information from. You can also listen to a podcast 
and and hear an interview with one person that says to do one thing and listen to the same podcast two weeks later and, and someone else comes on there and tells you to do something else. So we got, we got to be careful as we look. But what's cool about this is this individual, you sound like you're smart, you sound like you're disciplined, you sound like you're rational, right? Sounds like you're not getting super emotional about stuff. And I'm not saying don't have any emotions, but you're around some people that have some struggles and you seem to be rational about this. So what it looks like to me is you can probably solve your own problems. You can probably figure out what it is you should be doing. You can probably come up with your own code of how you should be acting. You should be able to look at decisions and 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 write down what you think and write the pros and cons and figure out what to do. I think problem solving and and looking at and assessing and learning from books and podcasts and people that are around you. And by the way, also learning from people that suck, right? Mm-hmm. I learned a lot from the platoon commander that we had a mutiny on. I learned a lot from that guy mm-hmm. about what not to do. So if you start taking this proactive mentality that, hey, I'm going to build a guidebook on the things that I learned. And you start writing down, hey, this person said this. I, I saw this. I heard this on a podcast. Does it make sense? Oh, actually, no, it doesn't really fit my lifestyle. You should, uh, whatever. You should get up at 4.30 every day. That might not fit your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You should just sleep whenever you feel like it. Well, that might not fit like your lifestyle either. You can hear that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can hear that all day long. You should quit your day job and pursue your dream, dreams. Or you should keep your day job and work a side hustle, right? You can hear all these things. Mm. Contrary evidence, contrary opinions. So what we have to do is we have to, and like I said, it sounds like you've got a good head on your shoulders, which is awesome. So I think you can start to put together a guidebook for yourself. I do think you should write down some of your lessons, write down sort of your, your principles, and you'll end up in six months to a year having a having a, a code of principles that you can refer back to that will be your mentor. You will mentor yourself. Yeah. That's kind of what I think. Yeah, that and that's kind of what I did. Yeah, makes sense. Especially being a twenty-one-year-old female, you do have that additional risk of side agendas. With like, oh, from a male, human. yes, yeah, from a fatherly figure, what I yeah, any male yep. person, yeah. Um, so even like jujitsu, yeah, you figure a lot of the times like the head jujitsu guy does a lot of times depends on where you go completely, so it almost doesn't even matter. But a lot of time like that guy, he can give kind of good guidance mm. a lot of times because you kind of got to manage a lot of personalities and you kind of you know yeah. but i mean I, that's something like, not necessarily you know yeah, it can like go the other direction stra- that's a real you, you're right there are some that can give great advice there's also yeah. some that would give you the worst advice ever yeah exactly right so that <laughs> so almost doesn't matter. i don't think we can count on that one yeah and i guess and, yeah. and same thing with like military personnel yeah military people that doesn't mean it means you did your job in the yeah. military it doesn't mean you were good at it yeah. like there's all kinds of people in the military and they make all kinds of horrible life decisions. There's some squared away people too. Right. Yeah. So, but the, it, you have to decipher what's going on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, if you go, if you're going, if you're trained jujitsu, and you can kind of pay attention and be like, oh wait, maybe he, they are kind of squared away. Maybe they do kind of demonstrate a lot of qualities that I, I can, I can dig, I can get behind, and whatever. 
um, then yeah, be on the lookout for it, I guess, more than anything. Don't just think like, oh, that's the head instructor. I'm going to go ahead and pay attention to everything he does kind of a thing yeah. just automatically. Yeah. Um, and then even like, uh, like, I don't know if she goes to like church or something like that, where, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times they will have good guidance. Um, but man, to like, if you're a 21 year old female person and you attach yourself to like some alpha guy that you, Hey, I like where this guy is in life. I like, you know, his style, the way he handles himself and handles things in life or whatever. And you kind of attach yourself to him, not in a crazy overbearing way or nothing, but just sort of hang around him more and ask him questions. So he could get the wrong idea or just kind of be in that headspace where it's like, Oh, maybe. And he might have another agenda. You yeah, do run that and, risk. And not only that, he's a different type of human being than you are, male or female. Like someone's 12 years older than you. They have different experiences, the way they handle people. They're in a different place in their life. So you can't just be, oh, that's the best thing to do. Yeah. Act like that person. That person could be an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Build your own mentors. Compound mentors that you compound like a Frankenstein from a bunch of different people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like a good Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> 4.0 though, that's good. From high school to For 4.0 sure. in Cotbrad, that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. deal. Lots of potential. Yep. Next question. I just read an article about food prices and saw that meat had increased 5.5% year over year. As a man who likes to supplement his steak with another steak, assuming cost is an issue, would you rather spend your money on a lower quantity of higher quality beef or a higher quantity of lower quality beef. Love the podcast talk. I'm guessing I'm guessing you're already reading this, which I am. <laughs> I want to do it and it'll be done short. Okay. I'll tell my dad you re- you're uh, representing the the BC path. The quote. Yeah. Noted. Uh so what would I do? I would do both actually, right? This isn't a this isn't a mutually exclusive situation where you just go 100%. No, oh, yeah, I got to cut it. Yeah, crappy beef or 100% just high quality, but I'm only getting little tiny pieces mm-hmm. on my plate. I'll just do both. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. At the end of the day, I kind of like volume, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want some steak. So I'm probably leaning towards getting a little bit, maybe not the best steak in the world, but... At the same time, you just don't want to be eating trash all the time. Yeah. So I would just I would just moderate, find a find a middle road path, not black and white like everything else in the world. There's a there's a nice little middle path. Again, would I lean towards volume? Yes, I would. But would I just start buying uh, whatever spam <laughs> and just calling it good? No, I'm not doing that. Mm. Even though I could buy a lot more spam mm. than tomahawks. It's true. Like a lot more. But yeah, appreciate it, man. Go get some steak. So you know how you got grass fed, Mm -hmm. right? That's kind of the premium one. Yep. Is there one better than that? I mean, it kind of goes into like, okay, other methods of raising the cows, right? Yeah, yeah. I know know a few people. Actually, one of my best friends has a freaking cattle company, Mm. ranch in Hawaii. So he's always bragging about the, you know, this cut and that raised this way and yeah. all this stuff or whatever and winning these competitions. You know, I guess the cow win. It's weird that I'm only finding out about this right now. Yeah, it's as true. As a connoisseur of steak. Oh, yeah. I figured that this would have been a deal. Well, Matt happen. Garrett and them, yeah. Ayershooks Ranch, they have a yeah. ranch. They yeah. named their cow Echo, by the way, won first place in some contest. There you go. 
<laughs> so yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what the criteria is as far as like the quality of the steak or whatever. Well, but I know Irish Trench is high quality. It's yeah. as high quality as I don't know about the Hawaiian joint, but oh yeah, Lewis Cattle Company, Big Island, all day. But you know, it's only on the Big Island though, so you can't get <laughs> in San Diego. Either way, you can. I'm just saying, there's a spectrum of quality yeah, of is. steak. You see, what I'm saying. But then it's like, okay, a lot of time the quality is going to be with the taste and the texture more so than it is nutrients. Also, sometimes people system. like different steaks, yeah. different cuts of steaks. Oh, yeah. Like so you're talking about grass-fed. Grass-fed steak is leaner than corn-fed steak. Yeah. And that's why sometimes they do grass-fed corn-finished. Grain-finished, corn-finished. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, the, and then like the um, it tastes different too, like a little bit of a more of a meaty kind of taste for lack of a better way of putting it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, so I don't know what the whole difference is. You know, like as far like let's say you for one year only ate grass-fed beef. Yep. Regular frequency as you normally would. Then the next year you only ate not grass-fed. You know, the, the you go to Vons yep. or wherever and yep. grab the regular steak. Same cut, whatever. What would be the difference? Yeah, there's really? difference. There's there is like Depending on who you talk to, legitimate differences yeah. in the in the in the fats that it contains, the types of fats it contains, the amount of fats that it contains. Yeah. So, but yeah, and not I not to mention whatever sort of augmentation and hormones have been yeah. given. There's all kinds of differences. Yeah, I know that. That's what I'm saying. And th- so, what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, one guy goes grass fed, organic, friendly raised, all this stuff for <laughs> one year. And then the other year you go regular, we'll call it re- um, garden variety or whatever. What is the difference? Like if you go to the doctor, they take your blood or whatever, or your performance or your gains or You're whatever. You're asking me for the medical outcome I'm of not this? asking you. I'm just saying this is what I wonder, oh, you know, like okay. what, what story will that tell, you know? I don't know. So I guess, yeah, at the end of the day, you kind of get what you can yeah, as well, far as quality. What you'd see at the end of that is you'd see better blood work from somebody that had been eating grass-fed steak. Yeah. 100%. There you go. Dang, 100%. Yeah, huh? oh, I right. kind of actually, after, after I said 100%, <laughs> I was like, well, wait a second. About 12 and a half percent. No, I would say, I'd actually going to leave it at 100%. No, yeah. I'll say 99%. Yeah, because you're saying 100% chance that that will be the case. You're yeah. not saying 100% better than the guy who went. Yeah, you know, oh, definitely bonds. not saying that. I'm yeah, saying, yeah. It, w- would that person have better blood work? Yeah. Yes, they yeah, would. Yeah, all things being equal. All Otherwise, things being equal, I think, you, yeah. I think you're right on those. 100%. But so, yeah, it goes to show, I mean, yeah, especially if you like how the guy said, cost is an issue. You know, you can't be blowing all your freaking paychecks on grass-fed friendly raised stuff. uh you know the cows they go to the spa you know the, those guys and then you know they get they get uh what do you call it? they get put to sleep with music and all this stuff and then <laughs> slaughtered that one don't do that one because you can't you're not gonna that's not sustainable yeah. financially i'm saying sure. so do both. All right. All right. right on let's go next question next question i've al- always wanted to start my own business throughout my younger years I, i'd always want to be an owner in the bar and restaurant industry. Hard business, by the way. Yeah. Really hard business. And what, you get a lot of survivor bias out of that because you only go to the restaurants yeah. that made it. Yeah. And usually the restaurants that make it usually do pretty good. Now, there are a bunch of restaurants that are just always paycheck to paycheck. And you found that out when COVID hit. There's a bunch of restaurants that just two months, they were done. Yeah. They, shut, they were shut down forever. Yeah. Two months. That means they had two months of reserves. Yeah. So this is a rough business. But. Here's what's tempting about this, and yeah, this is a side note for sure, but it's tempting because when you go to a cool, nice restaurant that you like to go to, you know, 
and you kind of see everything. You see the ambiance, you see the people, and they know you. And it's like, man, this looks like it'd be fun to yeah. own a restaurant like this. I think I think people I think there's an ego trip mm. of if you own a restaurant, you go in there and it's hey, this is my restaurant, yeah. right? And that food, I can get whatever I want. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true, man. And they, it, yeah, it's it, you don't see like the and hard. I'm only saying that. I'm not saying that about other people. I'm saying that from my perspective. Yeah, me too, if yeah. I owned a like a, owned a restaurant, I would kind of feel good about yeah. when I rolled in there and said, "Hey, yo, throw it on." You know, they, and they oh, knew that what that kind. meant. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, Jocko's here. Hey, let's get out that ribeye, the grass-fed one." <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, it, sounds, it would feel good. It sounds like you've been thinking about this instead of being a you know just walking in there. Can I help you, sir? Yeah. And you got to look at the menu. Yeah. Don't you made up the menu? Feel kind of good. <laughs> Yep. Okay, but that's not the question. <laughs> I dig it. Yeah, I, I But dig it's a it hard business. Yeah. I've wanted to invest in a restaurant just so I could have a place where I could be like, hey, you need to put whatever ribeyes on the menu. Bro. And they, you know, prime rib. Uh, with Thurs, you. you know, Thursday through Sunday, prime rib. Oh, yeah. Look, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Do you think about, <laughs> do you have like, because let's face it, that's a little fantasy or whatever, where it's like, yeah, and I could just make the menu. The menu would be so cool. The, uh, the decorations would be like I don't worry sweet. about the decorations because I'm not a decorative person. The ambiance. I don't worry about that either. But I, 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 I the menu deal. would be legit. But there'd yep. be like four things on it. Steak, steak, steak. Yeah, see? Steak, you yeah. thought about this. Yeah, I'm with you. I think a lot of us are like that. You know? But it's a hard business. That's the thing. That's and most restaurants, I, I there was a restaurant around where I live. And this guy and I, I went there a lot. So that's that's what I do. I don't own a restaurant. I just go to it so much that they know me and they like, hey, so we're good. They can get yeah. a little special treat. You so know, they can do a little something thing. for me. Yeah. You know, I want a little something extra. I want a little this, little that. None, yeah. none of this, none of that, but more of that, whatever. But there was a restaurant that was a good restaurant. They made really good sandwiches, steak and cheese, uh, good pizzas, just a good food, good food restaurant. Yeah. And it was open, this was like 10 years ago, and I went to it for probably five to seven years. It was kind of, I was kind of a regular, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And this is when I had kids, so it was, you know, give mama a break, I'd take the kids there, go yeah. get them some food. Yeah. And they ended up shutting down. And you know, so they had the signs, hey, closing, you know, next month. And so I was talking to the owner, hey, why are you closing down? And he said, yeah, this is what it's like, this is what it's like financially, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, if I had to do it all again, mm. He said, I would have taken all the money that I spent here and bought a McDonald's franchise. <laughs> and then I would have had that thing up and running and made a bunch of money. I would do this restaurant on the side. <laughs> and this would be my this would be my fun hobby that I care about. Yeah. But my moneymaker would be Mickey D's. Yeah. And that's pretty sad because the dude was a good cook, you know, chef type yeah. individual. And he's talking about, you know, that's like Echo Charles saying, hey, uh, uh, I'm going to open a, a I don't know, in a, a jazzercise gym, right? <laughs> kind of the same thing, sure. right? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, no yeah. squat rack. There's no yeah. curl. There's no yeah. easy curl bar. Nothing. Yeah. Just uh, you yeah. know, whatever they have in a jazzercise place. Jazz music, I guess. <laughs> so that's what it was. This guy. Yeah. So think about what it made, what it meant for him to say this. He yeah, should have just taken his money, got a McDonald's franchise, and opened one up. Yeah, because that's going to print money. Yeah. So, all right, we're still not even close to this question. Keep going. It's all good. Okay. Recent events, COVID shutdowns have made that seem to be an endeavor that doesn't make the most sense to invest in. I am the sales manager of a distribution company, so I believe leaning towards what I know, industrial sales and business. 
will be will enable more success long term. I currently have one rental property, but I'd like to keep expanding to greater heights as an entrepreneur. So my question is, when you were going to get into your first business venture, how did you know you were ready? Did you wait until you had enough capital to start business from cash or did you secure financial help via business loans, et cetera? Yep, so uh, this is a really simple answer for me. What I think you need to do is start small and grow. And that's what I recommend you do with all businesses. And that's even what I've done. So for instance, the mixed martial arts gym that we own, mm-hmm. we didn't start off in this big building with all these mats and all this equipment. We didn't do it. We started off sharing the mat behind you know, the boxing ring at one of the San Diego boxing gyms. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we expanded a little bit. We got some people following us. I should say we, like Dean and the team got people following and, and then moved to another gym that saw a little bit more of the vision and we built out a whole space that was for jujitsu and MMA, but it was bigger and then eventually moved to victory. So, and there was a huge demand signal for it. So that was that. Echelon front, that that was just me and Leif talking to people. There was no, there was no one else. And now there's like 20 people at Echelon front that are instructors, that are support, that are fine. I mean, it's everyone. It's a normal company. Yeah. Uh, Jocko Fuel. Did I launch 38 products? No, I launched a Jocko White Tea. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. And let's see what that does. And if it goes good, cool, maybe we'll launch another product. Oh, now we'll put the tea in the cans. Okay, how's that going? Oh, it's going good. Well, what else should we make? Well, here's some supplements that I use. Let's make let's make these supplements, combine them together so it's better. Boom, now, now you fast forward three, four, five years. We have, I guess what it's been, maybe three years. Mm-hmm. Now we have a bunch of different supplements and we will continue to grow. Origin. When when I shook hands, steak and a handshake with Pete, we I think we had eight employees at Origin, hmm. and now there's a couple hundred. Hmm. But and we had one building. Now we have five buildings. Like it's, right. but you don't start off. All right, we need to buy five buildings and hire two hundred people. No, right. you start off going okay. Well, we're gonna make geese. Well, how many people are making geese? A lot of people are making geese. How many people are making America? What can we do to make them better? What's the demand signal going to be? What are people willing to pay? What can we actually make them for? All these things. If we figured out that no one cared about a higher quality ghee made in America, we never would have gotten past eight people. But we realized, oh, people do want this. And then guess what else people want? Jeans made in America. And they want boots made in America. So you start small and grow. And then you also have to remember that you you could be wrong about stuff. Mm. Right, you're gonna make mistakes. You're you are not the market. The market is the market. You don't always know what people like. You have to allow yourself to be humble enough to make some adjustments. If you come up with an idea, you think it's the greatest idea, and no one wants to buy it. Guess what? It's not gonna go. You need to stop and go in a different direction. Mm. So start small and grow as needed, and adjust if you need to based on the feedback that you get. Do you like, um, or do you have a specific preference with like funding? You know, like put your own money that you kind of have saved, or you like, yeah, that's hey, let's the ideal. Yeah, because a lot of people. Now, when you grow rapidly, you're going to get to a point where you're going to need to borrow money yeah. to continue the growth cycle. Yeah. You're going to, and there's a bunch of different ways to borrow money. 
so that's what you got to explore. Do you want to give up a chunk of your company? Do you not want to give up a chunk of your company? Do you, how much do you want to give up? A minority share, a majority share? Do you want to keep control? How long is it going to last? How much money do you actually need? What kind of a excel, growth acceleration are you on? If you can hang on a little bit longer without taking any out external money, guess what? You could be looking pretty good. So there's all kinds yeah. of things to think about there. But for the situation that this guy's in, you know, he wants to start a restaurant business. I would start like a food truck. I would even go one lower. Hey, uh, you know, picnic. Catering service. Yeah, catering service. Yeah. Yep. Small party catering service. I'll come and cook for you at your house. Yeah, yeah. That's where we're going to start. Oh, yeah, man, your food's so good. Yeah. Okay, cool. You Now we're going to do big parties. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, your food's so good. Okay, now maybe it's food truck time. Yeah. Food trailer time. You know, maybe we're just towing in a taco <laughs> cart, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we're advancing to food truck. Then we got a little permanent one. Then we lease a little space. Yeah. And you're learning the whole time as you grow. And you're yeah. not wasting a bunch of money. What do you call it? Incremental decision making? or what, Is that what you call it? Yeah. Incremental. Iterative. Iterative, iterative decision making, which is also incremental. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, because some people, though, the, you know, the whole philosophy is like, hey, b- other people's money, 100%. You know, that's, really? You've heard that philosophy? Oh, yeah. Use yeah. other people's money. Oh, yeah. I don't like that philosophy. Yeah, it seems like there might be some holes in it, but I don't know. I'm not a professional whatever guy. <laughs> I don't know. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, all right. Next question. Actually, food truck seems like a, another fun one. Like, well, yeah. You know when you're into cooking? Yeah. Like, bro, my little brother, yeah, so. he, he he's good at cooking, like barbecuing Does and stuff. Like, food truck? Good. Freaking, we've been trying to tell him something. Mm-hmm. He should do something, but yeah, like I yeah. said, it's it's not, it's just not that simple, you know. It's not that simple. But man, that's another where it's like, oh, that'd be good fun. You ever watch um, you watch diners, drive-ins, when and you dives. when you start a business, yeah. you are committing to twenty four hours a day, three hundred sixty five day a year. Yeah, business. That's what you're doing. I know, bro. And there's and no escape. People, uh, I know that it from the outside. I know I've thought this too, where. It's like, well, okay, you know, sure, you grind 365, 24-7, I get it, you grind or whatever, but you kind of feel like you're just sort of saying that, you know? <laughs> but, bro, think about it. Like, you don't have a marketing department. Nope. Actually, you do. You know who you, he is? Yeah, you. Yeah, you. You don't have none of that stuff. So every little position that a quote-unquote normal company has, like, it's, it's you. you. Yeah. yeah, so that's when, cool. When we started Victory MMA and Fitness, bro, who do you th- – first of all, I taught – so many classes in the beginning. Do you remember that? Yep. Dude, I yes, taught I crazy. Did. I taught yeah. kids classes. I taught yeah. adult classes. I taught CrossFit classes. I put. I built the freaking CrossFit. I put. I didn't build the whole thing myself, but like, like Sarge and I did. Put all the mats in there. Put the yeah. wood down. Got that. We did all kind. We would get helpers. Like guys would be. Oh yeah, we'll come and help you out, and they'd stay for two hours. Thank you. We yeah. appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But we're there for seventeen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then we're then we get it done in the morning in time to go teach class. Yeah. And then something happens in the middle of the night, there's a break in, there's this, there's that. Yeah. In the early days it was like, Oh, well, I'll yeah, I'll be there in four yeah, I'll be there in three minutes. Yep. And that's you and a kind of a handful of people, really. Yeah. You know? But think about if it's just you and one other person oh, yeah. or you know, not like two other people. It's like, man, it's I I understand. Yeah. You know, it's gonna be a lot. It's sure. gonna be a lot, man. You ever watch um actually I was gonna say Diners Driving in and no. dives. You don't no. watch that? No. The, it's it's actually pretty like good show. It's basically this guy goes around to all these little diners and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you see how they. Anyway, no, you ever watched Shark Tank? I have watched Shark Tank. That's before. a good one right yeah. there. You kind of can learn a, like a, a handful of key things about like financing and there's some lessons to be learned there. there. It's a good show, Shark Tank. All right, next question. 
I've been an inner city cop for about two years now. I, gradu- I graduated top of my class and have continued to do well in the street. I've gained a huge amount of experience, but it's still, still not a long time in uniform patrol, UP. I may have the opportunity to become a detective. After gaining experience on the street, my goal is to transfer to SVU. That's Special Victims Unit, if I'm not mistaken. Recently, I've gained the attention of several of their detectives. Last week, one of their, their senior detectives texted me that they were about to post a letter, and he thinks I should apply. He also told the division commander to watch for my letter. I'm excited because this is my passion, and these calls are the ones I love to love and work the hardest on. The position does not open often. I would probably be year. It would probably be years before the next. However, I love the streets and my squad. I love the nonstop action and opportunities to make an impact, and I'm learning so much. Unfortunately, unfortunately, part of me is getting tired of dealing with the politics and the current police climate, which has sadly affected our administration and how they manage up. UP, Uniform Patrol. I could get burned for doing my job, and our streets go hard, so my risk is higher. Do I take the dream job? with a better schedule or stay in a job I enjoy and get more experience first? That's the question. Yeah, actually a very simple question for me to answer. And you know me, I always look at questions from different perspectives and think like that there's things that maybe we need to consider. I would just apply for the job and if you get the job, take it. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because first of all, you're already getting a little bit burned down on what you're doing. You, you said that you're getting tired of the politics, um, the current police climate. So you're already getting a little bit frustrated with that. It's a dream job. You're saying that everyone, you've got a lot of respect right now for doing a good job where you're at. There's no guarantee that you're going to get hired. So you could apply for this thing and not get it, but at least now you've learned more about it. Mm. And if you don't get it, cool, go get more experience. Mm. I think it's pretty straightforward. Um, you, you, you may have, it sounds like you have a little bit of the imposter syndrome, meaning, hey, I don't know if I'm ready for it yet. If, it, if you weren't ready for it, they wouldn't be putting you in that position. Mm-hmm. And they're probably gonna love getting someone in there that's young, full of energy, you know, has a little bit of that idealism mm-hmm. that you have when you show up and you're all fired up. They love to have a guy like that. So I would apply for the job. If you get it, awesome, go and execute it to the best of your ability. And by the way, if you hate doing that, retrograde back and you will have some more knowledge and better understanding of things that's no factor it's almost like a win-win situation or a more of a no-lose situation if you get that job you go through the program you don't like it retrograde back Mm. but if you like it cool you've advanced and you're in a better spot Mm. pretty straightforward i like it thanks for your service we got one more hi jocko and echo my 14 year old daughter is on the academic decathlon team She's also an athlete, so she competes in basketball and track and field. She recently found out that her, that her academic team consists of three A students, three B students, and three C students. This apparently keeps things, quote-unquote, equal for all the students. She's an A student, and although we, don't, we won't allow her to quit the season, I feel like the school is providing a poor example of what is reality. I'm planning on t- talking with the, with her coach, but I'm struggling to find a way to understand this thought process without screaming out socialism. <laughs> Any ideas on how you'd handle it? I told her she can decide not to go out for the next for the team next year, but since she's committed to the team, she needs to follow through on her commitment for this year and season. Okay, so first of all, I didn't know what an academic decathlon was. 
and so I looked it up, and what then? Do you know what it was? Uh, yeah, I've heard of that, yes. Oh, okay, I've never heard of it before. So it's a competition. There's seven objective multiple choice tests, two subjective performance tests, and an essay. And then you compete against other schools, and then you go to districts, mm. and then internationally. And as I was researching this, I found this out. Quote, Teams generally consist of nine members who are divided into three divisions based on a custom calculated grade point average. The first group is honors, 3.75 to 4.0 GPA. Then next is scholastic, 3.0 to 3.74, and varsity, zero to 2.99. Each team member competes in all 10 events against other students in his or her division, and the team scores are calculated using the top two overall individual scores from each team in the three divisions. So this is the way the freaking thing is set up. Mm. So I, I, when I was reading this, I was listening to the, to the mom or dad. I don't know if it's a mom or a dad here, but I was listening to the parent thinking, mm. yeah, right. that's messed up. Yeah. But then I read the rules and the rules are, hey, this is how they set it up. And, it, and, and look now, here's the question. Does that make sense? Mm. Well, for football, does it make sense? Do that well. Let me rephrase that. Do they do that for football? Do they like say, "Hey, your offensive line has to have one person, or can only have two people over two hundred and fifty pounds, or maybe the average weight has to be only two? They don't do that, right? They say, "Hey, if you got a big, huge, strong person, that's who you play, oh, yeah. and the more of them you got, the more of them you're going to play." Yeah. So that's one way to look at it. Why don't they just do it like football? Yeah. But what about wrestling? What do they do in wrestling? I don't know. It's a weight class. Yeah. You, you, you're not going to take a 98-pound f- freshman and put him up against a 230-pound freshman yeah. or 230-pound senior or vice versa. It's true. So they have weight classes in wrestling, and, and it sounds like they kind of have mental weight classes in this game. Yeah. So if those are the rules, cool. Look, ultimately, and, and I think you could argue either one of those things, right? Hey, if you were a, a, a little guy and you wanted to play football and you only weighed 110 pounds, you'd be kind of stoked if there was a rule that the maximum, you know, the average weight of the football player of the whole team had to be this. And they could put you in the team just to kind of drop down the average for Big Fred over there who weighs 380. <laughs> right. Yeah. You'd be kind of happy about that. Yeah. But that's not the way it works. For whatever reason, that's the rules, yeah. right? What about basketball? Same right. as football. Yeah. Do they say, hey, you can the average height of the team? Wouldn't that make it more fair? No. The average height of the team can only be six feet. Depends on what you mean by fair, I guess. Yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but yeah. wrestling would it be fair? Again, the wrestling dep- team is just who's going to win in a wrestling match, right? And. It depends on what you mean by fair, but that you know that's the format. So you see what I, I'm saying? I get it? Yeah. So these are the rules. Yeah. These are the rules. If you hate the rules or you don't think that it's appropriate, then you say, "Hey, I mean, there's a lot of people that wrestle. That's why the wrestling weight classes for the smaller weights they're usually stacked. Yeah. You get to the heavyweights, there's not that many, yeah. but the little weights because people people that are smaller want to compete on an even playing field. Yeah. They don't want to go play basketball when they're 5'3". They want to wrestle. Right. 
So this is the rules of the game. I, I'm not freaked at like to be like this is socialism. That'd be saying wrestling is socialism, right? And jujitsu too, by the way. And jujitsu has weight classes and belt systems. By and the way. crew, you know, crew they row the boats. Yeah. That has a weight class in it. Oh, for real? Dang. Okay. So there's there's there are times when they try and or, or they have male and female. Yeah. That like in California, the females wrestle against females, the males wrestle against males. It's not just it's not just hey whoever's the best goes. Right. And by the way, if that was what it was, wrestling would look totally different. So maybe this and and I actually think it's the, the right way to do it in wrestling, because otherwise it'd just be three hundred pound dudes. That's it. No one else would wrestle. Right. You wouldn't have a chance. Right. So maybe there's a there's a little bit of the fair fairy here which is a term we use in the SEAL teams. Like we're just trying to make everything fair. You know, yeah. oh, everything's gotta be fair. Well, we gotta take this guy from the platoon because he hasn't deployed over there. But you know, all the, you, the fair fairy shows up. Yeah. And the, the, common, the common belief is like, no, best man wins, like merit. Yeah. Who, who, that's what we wanna do. Yeah. Here's the rules. The rules are, you gotta have three people from these different divisions. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's, the, that's the way it is. You know, they set up like those um, adventure races yeah, you know, right. sometimes they say, "Hey, you've got to have three men and three women." Yeah. Why is that? Well, because otherwise there'd be very few women competing on those teams. Right. Yeah. So it almost like, and obviously this is a big philosophical kind of debate or approach or whatever to the whole deal, where it depends what the whole competition is for. So, like, okay, so jujitsu tournament. Think about jujitsu is even more like this than even the the. Uh, decath- uh, what do you call the academic decathlon mm. because you have not only weight divisions you have belts, belt divisions yeah, yeah, too yeah. so it's like sure he, this guy won at white yeah. belt yeah. and then you got who whatever the team is World they champion, won white belt white belt exactly right and it's that's they recognize that and then you have the whole team element where it's like yeah we had one of our white belts got second one of our blue belts got first one of our you know so you have yeah. the team element to it fully but Everyone's at their different, like, what do you call it? Experience skill level, skill level, skill skill level, level standard, standard class, yeah. age, age. Oh, by the way, it's kids. broken by down by, no, not even oh, just yeah, kids. even adults, yeah. Even adults. Exactly right, yeah, exactly it's, right. It's a scam. It's a <laughs> socialism, <laughs> right? Well, hey, we just want everyone to get a gold medal. Right. If you if you did it actual, there'd be yeah. one gold medal at right. a jiu-jitsu tournament so, out of 300 people. And here's the thing. There is that, though, because, Absolute. like I said, it depends It depends on what the what the competition is sort of for. Yeah. So jiu-jitsu tournaments, let's face it this is it's a participation driven thing yeah so it's like yeah white belt division sure cool blue belt purple belt and then you got weights and then you got absolute optional 100 percent. so yeah. that's like a, a direction that's like leaning towards a direction of more like you know winner take all kind of thing but really when you think about it you got adcc they don't care about what belt you're in, you are true and they have they do have the weight divisions but then yeah. they got the absolute and that's the one that everyone's really that's the one that they essentially and it's it's a kind of the, the ADCC cultural thing yeah. and there's kind of rules to kind of support this where that's the goal mm-hmm. that's the top of the mountain is absolute winner straight yeah. up no matter how much you weigh Check. so there is that element so again think about what we're competing yeah. for you're competing for top of the mountain winner take all then oh yeah there's that kind of competition but a lot of times there's there's more and i think there is a lot of value especially in scholastic sports yeah. where like the experience might be might be competing for the value yeah. trophy you know so that that's kind of what i my conclusion was ultimately is she having fun yeah. Is she learning? Yeah, is it a good experience? Yeah. 
is she learning not just some educational stuff, but maybe she's also learning that all people are not created equal, yeah. right? Yeah. There's different, man. There's people that are tall. There's people that are short. There's people that are strong. There's people that are weak. There's people that are smart. There's people that ain't. And maybe she's realizing how blessed she is. She sounds like an incredible human, right? She's doing great in all of her classes. She plays multiple sports. It's so it's an opportunity for her to learn about how she can help other people. A little bit of humility and compassion. It's also a good way for her to learn that socialism doesn't work. Why? Because this is you know I've had, I had that conversation with my kids. And it's real simple. Okay, Echo Charles, you study for your test. You get an A on your test. I say, hey, Echo, cool, you got 90, 95%, but we're going to take 20 points away from you and give it to Freddie over here who only got a 65. Hmm. So we're going we're gonna to even this thing out. And how does that make you feel? Yeah, it's no good. It's no Are fair. you going to work harder? Probably eventually, no. Oh, Is Freddie going to work harder? Probably not, no. There you go. Socialism yeah. doesn't work. Communism doesn't work. Yeah. So it's a good learning lesson there. Um, but I, I think ultimately you got to look at what kind of value she's getting out of it. Is, she, is it a waste of time? It might be a waste of time. She's not learning anything and she feels like she's getting dragged down by these other kids or she's hanging around with kids that she shouldn't be hanging around with. Then, then she's not enjoying it. Okay. I agree with that she should finish the commitment for this year, but I think next year, talk about it if it's something she wants to keep doing. If she doesn't, I, I don't think it's a, a, a intentional sort of socialism getting forced on the kids. I think it's more like wrestling, like, hey, we want yeah. to give these other kids a chance to, to, to play this game. Yeah. And it's good for all the kids. Yeah, I think... Uh, I agree with that. Yeah, that's especially if that's literally the format of an academic decathlon. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's not like it was this other format where it's like winner take all. I only actually, the top I, students. I went to go and look and see if it changed over right, the years, right, and I couldn't find. Yeah. I couldn't find if you know three years ago they said from now on it won't be just the top students in the school; it'll right. be the middle students in the right. school and yeah. whatever. That would be different. That would be different. That's like I the looked rest up the of, rules yeah. that they have right now. These are the rules. Yeah. I don't know when they changed. I don't know where they came from. Might get. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. In Pop Warner football, mm-hmm. um, I know on Kawhi anyway. I'm sure, I'm sure it's like this. You, every kid on the team had to play a minimum amount of plays. It, it was called oh, okay. the mandatory amount of playing time. Yeah. If you didn't, if every single player didn't get the minimum amount of plays, you forfeited the game wow. at the end. You lose straight up. Um, and the dad, one dad's over there like, just do, what are you doing putting that weak-ass kid in there? Yeah, well, my kid can run, <laughs> run circles around him. Yeah, no. And the well, other one's like, man, can you just get my kid some playing time? Well, I think in – played for the Kaloa Rams, by the, the way. Ba- that dad, the first dad's like, you guys are communists. <laughs> <laughs> no. The, the good thing – I get the value in that because what you go out for Pop Warner, you're a little kid, you're nine, 10 years old, mm. and it's like, oh, you don't play, Con- congratulations. Like, you, <laughs> they don't learn nothing from that. It's not the NFL, you're not getting paid. You mm. know, like, it's, it's like you, the kid gets almost no experience. Sure, he gets beat up in practice, cool. But when you play a game, it's like just the experience of doing that or whatever, the very, hype. very valuable, yeah. very va- But good, the good news about that is, 
everyone was very in touch with it in the community. Even like the announcer, like it was real, it was real open. In fact, thinking back, I was like, dang, it's kind of condescending a little <laughs> I bit. I was gonna say like, how open that? Oh, they're putting little yeah. Freddy in here. Liter- he comes. Whoa. Literally, watch this next play, folks. They would literally say that. Not that kind how of stuff. How do you spell fumble? <laughs> they would say. <laughs> <laughs> Little Freddy fumbles up at bat or, no, or on the field again. Okay, no, they wouldn't go that direction with it, but it Football would be a bat. very supportive like thing. They'd be like, oh, uh, Kolar Rams just finished their mandatory amount of plays. You know, they'd say it over, you know, the announcer would like say it. Wow. Yeah. And you could tell, and you'd know too, because they'd put in like the second and third string people, yeah. and then the other team would see it, and they'd put in the second oh, string. You know, so it'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah let, them, let them play or whatever. Not all the time. You know, if you're losing by a lot, you're like, oh. but yeah. either way, it was they're open, and I think everyone understood it. And quite frankly, I understand it too. Now, once you get higher up in level, you yeah. get guys competing for college scholarships, yeah. all this other stuff, we, and it's like, yeah. bro, meritocracy. Yeah, a little bit different. That's you know? the way it so, is. So again, I think that's where we're at here. Like, if that's the way the game is set up, yeah. and those are the rules. So if your daughter wants to play by those rules, and you understand why it's happening, cool. Let's let's proceed. If she doesn't want to do that because the, here's the thing. I mean, she can help them study, I guess. So she's, you know, uh, carrying a little bit of extra weight, right? Teaching them how to do certain math problems and stuff, right? I wonder if they sandbag, you know, like, the oh, kind no. of like, oh, it'd no. be hard to get someone to sandbag because you got to tell someone like, hey, you need to go fail this test. Well, what if I took it about myself to sandbag? Because be like, okay, I'm the A student, but like, let me just get junker grades and yeah. then I can slide into the C Any, student spot. I, my my assessment rip. is anyone that's in the academic decathlon isn't sandbagging <laughs> on their grades no, and, their man, and their transcript from high school no. says that they were a solid C student but they were the <laughs> but they were the third string decathlon <laughs> academic champion. Yeah, you're right. So okay. I, that's, I thought through that too. <laughs> yeah, because in jiu-jitsu they go. sandbag like crazy. The yeah. dude's been training for 19 years. He wrestled in freaking yeah. since he was three, and he's competing in white belt. <laughs> yeah, just winning, you know, taking home all the medals. Check. Awesome. All right, cool. Hey, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks for supporting the co- the cause on the underground. And you can get supplements from Jocko Fuel. You can get the gear that you need from Origin USA. You can get some cool stuff to represent on the path at jockostore.com written a bunch of books, you know what they are. We have a leadership consulting company called Echelon Front at echelonfront.com. On the interwebs. Echoes at Echo Charles. I am at Jocko Willink. And thank you. Once again, you make this possible. Not just this, but you make all of this possible. So we appreciate it. And we will still continue to maintain discipline down here in the underground, just in case. We'll talk to you next time. This is Echo and Jocko. Out.